because it's the holding of the property that creates the wealth. You know, if you have a property for a day or two and you turn it real quick, that's a wholesale deal. You make a little bit of money. You have the property for six months, eight months, you do a big rehab on it, you turn around and sell it, you make a little bit more. You hold the property for a year, 10 years, 20 years, that all kinds of options become available when you hold for the long term. Perfect. Jamel Gibbs here. Welcome to another podcast episode. Listen, we have another special guest. Now, here's a guy who's done everything from filmmaking to real estate investing. But today, we're going to focus primarily on buy and hold real estate investing. Now, at the end of the day, guys, we've been talking a lot about investing in the small apartments and the, and the uh, importance of building that passive income uh, for your real estate investing business. You know, most of us listening to this podcast right now, we're mostly wholesalers. We we go after the shiny object syndrome. And I'm trying to prevent you guys from running after that shiny object, right? I really want you to focus on uh, the, the real task at hand, which is building wealth in real estate. And in my honest opinion, the only way to do that is through building passive income through buy and hold real estate investing, whether it be for residential properties or multi-units. Now, at the end of the day, I really want you guys to focus on what you're really in the business for. You're not here to create a high paying job, right? I'm not saying wholesaling is bad. Uh, we definitely want to have that active income coming in. But as you, you've been hearing me talk about this over the last you know, couple of months now, you really need to build up that passive income to create true financial freedom in real estate. Otherwise, you're just creating a high paying job for yourself. And we don't want that. That's not why you're in the business, right? So I have the boldest guy that I know, really good friend of mine. And yeah. He said, if the light shines off of his head the wrong way, you might get blinded. So you've been warned. <laughs> Matt, what's up, man? What's up, man? It's good to be here. And uh, man, Jamel, thanks for having me, buddy. It's good to see you. Oh, man, it's always a pleasure to see you, man. Now, I see you quite often, uh, which is always a pleasure. Yeah, oh, no. man. Yeah, we run we run in some of the same circles, man. We got cool friends and uh, end up in the same rooms together, which is awesome. I love it. Yeah, man. We have a picture together where uh, we took back and you invited me to one of your events or was it an event that we were at back in like 2013? And um, we took the same type of pose last year at uh, the Mastermind. Yeah, man. It's just crazy to see the transition uh, that, you know, six years, seven year difference makes. Right, man. I know, I know. And it's funny, it's like 2013, but that seems like 20 years ago, doesn't it? Yeah, it's man, like, it like in some ways, it seems like 20 years ago. And some, I guess in, in other ways, it seems like yesterday. But man, certainly uh, grateful to have people that I've been in business with like you for many years and to have friendship and good business relationship and kind of all rolled into one, man. So appreciative yeah, man. for for, uh, for that old 2013 pick. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, man. So, hey, I, I, I know you very well, man. Why don't you tell a little bit about yourself to the audience? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, like Jamel said, my name is Matt Andrews uh, uh, from Tampa, Florida originally. And that's where I started my real estate investing business in uh, 1999, which makes me feel really old. But I've been in the business for over 20 years now and uh, started out 
uh, rehabbing and wholesaling a little bit. We didn't call it wholesaling in, in 2000, 2001. I think we just called it, you know, doing quick real estate deals. But, um, but yeah, you know, started out doing rehabbing and wholesaling and a little bit of buy and hold. And then uh, when the uh, market went crazy in, in 2008, our business really grew at that point. We really dug into foreclosures and short sales and a lot of the supply that was happening. And then through that, and through that time period, did a lot of deals, did thousands of deals between, you know, 2008 and 2012, 13. And then that period of time was the time when we really started acquiring and buying and holding property. And then everything from there on, you know, was basically uh, crazy things and crazy businesses we started and different things we tried and charities and all kinds of other stuff that we've done with you and other friends that have resulted uh, as a result of the freedom from having rental properties and from having passive income, you know? So when you were talking at the beginning about, you know, encouraging people to get into buy and hold, um, I couldn't echo that anymore. I mean, I, I agree 100%. Buy and hold is where it's at. Wholesaling is great. Rehabbing is great, but those should be tools and steps on the ladder to owning property uh, that you hold long-term because you can make really good money wholesaling you can make really good money rehabbing, uh, but you can create wealth, true wealth, generational wealth through holding real estate. So all the good stuff that we do, all the fun stuff we do, it all comes from holding real estate, man. It's like if, if I'm able to do something fun, it's because I had the time and the mental bandwidth to be able to go do that because I make money when I sleep with good rental properties. That's right, man. You know, and I'll say this, and, and you know, Matt, in my opinion, he's a renaissance man. So he does a little bit of everything, right? So he, like I said in the beginning, he's done filmmaking. He does a lot of charity stuff. I love that. He does a lot of real estate investing. He runs mastermind groups. With all of this is possible. He's the renaissance man because he has passive income coming in. So if you truly want to be that renaissance person as well, guess what? Build passive income. You can do whatever you want to do with your life at that yeah. point, right? Well, that's the difference between, like you said, uh, running a business that serves you and just having a job, creating a job for yourself. Right. And if you are constantly looking for that next deal and then you make some money and then you starve for a month and then you get that next deal and you make some money and then you starve for a month, you're never getting to the point of passive income. And you're certainly not getting to the point where you've got the time and the mental energy and the, and just the, the well, I always call it mental bandwidth, but it's really just, the time and ability to pay attention to something, you know, and look at a new opportunity if it comes or start a new partnership or start a new business. If you're just kind of going from deal to deal, living, living from deal to deal, you don't get to that point, right? You don't get to that point of freedom and you end up really just kind of working a job, like you said, and uh, you might own the company, but that's, that's about it. You know, like, I mean, the, the rest of it runs you, right? The rest of it owns you. That's right, man. That's right, man. So what are, what are some of the biggest misconceptions that investors may have? Um, mm -hmm. let, let's just say that they're, they're wholesaling right now or they're just getting started. What are some of these misconceptions that they might have when it comes to buy and hold investing? Yeah. So I, I think overall, let me, let me start with the wholesaling and rehabbing because I think wholesaling is something so many people do, right? And it's the, it's the easiest way to get started in real estate. And I, I still love wholesaling, right? Just like you do too, yep. but we love it because it makes the money that we can go buy rental properties with, right? So, um, you know, I think one of the biggest issues I see with wholesaling is that people think that if they've got this special access to 
uh, to a special supply, a deal supply, that that's going to be the the end of all their problems, right? So if they've got these great courthouse deals, or if they've got these great deals from the software that they've got, or if they've got these great deals from this direct mail campaign that no one else knows about, or whatever it is, that that's going to be all they need to be successful. And the truth is, is that's just where the deal starts, right? And you got to have good lead gen, no doubt about it, but that's just where the deal starts. And it's everything that happens after that that really makes the difference. So the money uh, that I've really found in, in wholesaling is in things like, you know, time efficiency and maximizing a team and stuff like that. But you never really stop in that business. You, you just keep kind of going to the next deal, next deal. So I think the great misconception is, is that if you've got this great supply or you've got a great acquisition channel, that that's all you need. And then it can become this business where you're just doing wholesale deals and just cashing checks almost effortlessly. And that's just not how it works, right? The, the deal flow is one part of it. Building a team is another part of it. Uh, time you know, and efficiency is another part of it. And the hardest part, and maybe this is the real misconception, is that every business is a people business. And if you're gonna run a high volume wholesale business, you need a team working under you most likely. And that's not very easy to do. I mean, having a team working for you while you're just grinding on deal after deal after deal, um, it's possible and you can make good money doing it, but it's not easy, right? You've done that, I've done that. You, we've mm -hmm. run you know, wholesale shops where we're just grinding out 20 wholesale deals in a month and stuff like that. And you make money, but it's not easy. And it's hard to keep a team like that together. So I think that's maybe one of the biggest misnomers is that it's all lead lead generation, but really it's a people business. And if you don't know how to manage teams, um, then it really becomes like a like a nightmare job to to have a, a big wholesale business. You know, mm -hmm. like you said, man, like a high paying career, man. That's what it becomes. Now, exactly. you know, for, it took me years to figure out how to. Uh, put all of the moving pieces in place to be able to have the type of business that I have now. Uh, yeah. You know, we're experiencing certain things family-wise with my mother-in-law's health and you know, just a lot going on there. But the real estate business continues to operate not only because of the, the passive income and, and the wholesaling that we have going on, but it's because of the team. Like you said, management, having the right pieces in place will ultimately allow you to have a, a true business at the end of the day, right? Absolutely. And and you just hit on it there with what you're going through with your family, which you and I have been talking about that, you know, through the months here and everything. And and uh, your family, you know, has continued to, to, been in, to be in my family's thoughts and prayers. Thank you, brother. But I've watched you as as a leader in your family, you know, maybe as as the prime leader in your in your family. Um, for the generations of your family that are older than you, I've watched you uh, place them as top priority. And I've watched you put your family and your wife and the people in your family that are that are sick, your mother-in-law, I've watched you put them in the first seat where they should be. And you've been able to do that in a way that is very uh, graceful because of the business that you built, right? You've been able to do that and been able to put that time there. So you're not, you know, dealing with a health challenge in your family. And at the same time, your, your kids aren't eating back home because the business isn't running. You've built a business that's sustained so that you can go do the things you need to do when you need to do them. And I think that's real freedom, right? You know, Absolutely. to be able to help a sick family member when, when they need you and you don't have to worry about money or you don't have to worry about the business falling apart because you put it together. And, um, and that's the difference between running a real business and having passive income and having buy and hold and just having a, a job, like you said, 
um, you'd have to be, you know, you'd have to be out of that hospital room and back on the street flipping another house or doing another wholesale deal if that's all you were doing, right? You wouldn't have the luxury of being able to spend the time with your family member that needed it. So that's huge. And I think that's absolutely gigantic. Now, as far as misconceptions on the buy and hold side, I think maybe one of the biggest misconceptions is that you have to wait until you've got a, a millions of dollars in the bank to do it or something. You know, I see a lot of people grinding, grinding on wholesale deals, grinding on rehabs and man, rehabs are just as hard as wholesale deals. They're just, they just make a little bit more and take a little bit longer, but you get to deal with construction crews and, and, and just all that kind of, that's a whole other kind of mess, right? Great money. And again, you can scale up a great business there. Um, but you got to keep, continually working it. But I think a lot of people think I've got to build a big giant wholesale business, or I've got to build a big giant rehab business and I got to put millions in the bank and then I can start buying some, you know, rental property or start buying free and clear property or start doing whatever. And, and that's a misnomer, right? You can start doing things right now. And there are, there are strategies to buy, you know, they're not the easiest in the world, but there are strategies to buy with no money down. Right. I mean, you can buy on terms and and buy utilizing, you know, seller financing. And there's all kinds of creative ways, which, you know, that's the way me and Jamel came up was figuring out how to get deals done with nothing, you know, and how to how to make a deal out of nowhere and nothing and, and based on terms and creative real estate. So, you know, there are ways right now, even if you have almost no capital and you're doing just a wholesale deal here and there, there are ways you can start little by little putting together a portfolio, which will over time. Uh, create wealth because it's the holding of the property that creates the wealth. You know, if you have a property for a day or two and you turn it real quick, that's a wholesale deal. You make a little bit of money. You have the property for six months, eight months, you do a big rehab on it. You turn around and sell it. You make a little bit more. You hold the property for a year, 10 years, 20 years, that all kinds of options become available when you hold for the long term. And that's how all real wealth in America has been created right. since the country started. You know, it's all real estate based. So that's um, right. so that's where it is, you know, and that's uh, I think that's uh, but one of the biggest misnomers is probably that you have to wait to do it, you know, almost kind of like uh, you have to wait to retire to live the good life, you know, and you and I know that's not the way it is. You know, no, you put first things first now. Yep. You build a business that works around the life you want to live. You don't wait until you're 85 years old to go live the last, you know, five, 10 years of your life, you know, and, and that's the good times or whatever. Like we can build the good times into life, you know? And so, uh, so I think that's, that's a big one is that you got to wait to do it for some reason. You can't do it now. Um, you got to wait to start building that passive income. Definitely, man. You hit so many different points, man. So many things that we could talk about just in that, that, uh, little, um, conversation that we just had, uh, what, what I want to say is there's a couple of things. You do a lot of rehabbing, but you end up keeping them. So that says a lot, right? <laughs> you have the, op the option of uh, selling these properties, but you decide to keep them. True wealth being built in that regard. Now, obviously, right. when, you, when you first started, um, uh, you, you kind of made that transition in your head. You said, okay, I want to buy and hold. I want to build long-term wealth. Uh, what were some of the obstacles that you faced when it came to deciding to keep these properties? What do you think some of these newer investors, uh, what, what are some of the obstacles that they'll face when it comes to buying and holding? Yeah, well, I think one of them is just delaying, delaying the gratification of making the quick money, I think is one thing, like you just said, right? So 
in order to to buy and hold on to something you're going to make a little bit every month instead of 20 grand real fast you know so i think you know delaying gratification is one part of it but that's part of business in general you know you do things today so that it pays off tomorrow and you and you wait for those things and you plant the right seeds right so i think that's you know that's probably uh one facet of it um other obstacles are you know uh financing changes all the time um supply changes all the time um those are always things you know you have to deal with in any market but i think other you know real obstacles to holding a lot of people think um they're afraid to manage it they're afraid of tenants they're afraid of the responsibility of being a landlord um or they don't uh want to work with a property manager if they know they don't want to be a landlord they're they have some trepidation about working with a property manager and turning over an asset to them um, but there's a process for all that, you know, and so those are all reasons why you wouldn't, you know, uh, go into rental real estate. But like when you measure it against all the reasons you would, it's like there's no reason not to, you know, so either you're going to have to learn how to be a landlord yourself or you're going to hire one. But one or the other, a lot of people have done it. It's completely possible and you can make that work. But I think that's probably an obstacle for some people. Um, it wasn't so much for me. I mean, I, I always got into real estate from the very beginning to own, to own rental property. Now I didn't own it in the very beginning and I couldn't figure out how to make that work, especially creatively with terms. I didn't know how to do that in the very beginning. So I did rehabs and I did wholesale deals because I, I understood them. I knew I could do that. But the idea was always, Hey, I want to own rental properties, you know? And I thought, I thought in my mind at the time, starting in 1999, 2000, I thought I want to be a landlord. I want to go collect rent on the fifth of the month and stuff like that. I learned pretty quick that I didn't want to be the guy going around collecting rent and stuff, you know, like that wasn't, uh, that wasn't the fun part. The fun part was seeing it in the bank account at the end of the month, right, you know? Right. So, um, but, but I learned, but I learned a lot about life and a lot about property management that way. And I knew what I wanted to hire when I did hire a property manager, you know? Yeah, for sure, man. There's there's a lot of different things that, you know, a lot of different obstacles people can face as well. Like you, you hit a bunch of them right on the top of the head. Um, you can even throw in, let's say, uh, someone having bad credit and they don't know how they're going to be able to purchase a property through a bank. Sure. Like you said before, you got terms, you have creative investing. Those are different ways. Maybe you just take a different, a different approach to reach the end goal at the end of the day. Yeah. A lot of different, uh, a lot of different moving parts um, when it comes to building that passive income. But uh, if you just put your blinders on and you focus on the one thing, you know, focus on one aspect of the business. Um, in this case, we're talking about buy and hold, and you just focus on buying and holding, and you don't let, uh, you don't, uh, you're not easily swayed from side to side. You're not easily uh, looking from the left to the right. Then you can accomplish it. Uh, you just have to continue educating yourself, but more importantly, taking action. And that's where yeah. it all, that's where it all uh, boils down to. So speaking Absolutely. of that, speaking of that, man, let, let's, let's talk a little bit about, let's give our listeners, let's say a five-step process to get started buying and holding uh, real estate today. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, uh, so I'll just, I'm going to kind of make up this five-step process off the top of my head, but these are all things you should be doing, right? Number one, you got to pick a market, right? So number one, you got to be investing somewhere that it makes sense to hold in the long term. And, you know, I tend to find uh, a lot of comfort in properties that are like 150 K and below. I like that price range, right? Now, I don't like the lowest of the low. I don't want to go around buying a, a ton of 20K properties for rentals, although I have in the past and I've, I've turned a ton of them and 
nothing wrong with it. You know, man, I bought a property for 6K in Michigan that made me 20K in a day, you know, or something like that. Wow. So like, I'll buy cheap stuff, you know, I mean, 6K, it doesn't get much cheaper than that, right? But um, so I, so I don't mind that stuff. But the stuff I like to hold is, uh, you know, I like to choose somewhere in that price range. I like that, you know, 50K to 150K, that's a good price range. I like, you know, blue collar type neighborhoods, depending on uh, which market I'm in, I like different kinds of builds. And in Florida, I like, you know, concrete block stuff because it lasts forever. Um, you know, up in up in Michigan, I, I buy a different kind of property, but kind of knowing the market, knowing where you want to go uh, as far as the investment market, that'd be one step. Um, a second step would be, you know, just identifying the best properties in those markets and exactly what a good property is from an, from a return standpoint. Because you're not going to know what you're looking for if you don't know what return you're looking for, right? So, you know, I've always had the the uh, real hard line of, hey, if it doesn't make, as a rental, if it doesn't make me at least a double digit cap rate really quickly with a math problem or two on my calculator, I can't see that it makes me 10% or better return on my money um, cap rate, right? If it doesn't make me that in a year, then I'm not even going to look at it as a possibility, right? So anything that's 8% now, it's different for apartment complexes, right? Apartment complexes many times have lower cap rates and that's totally normal. But in my world, single family homes um, and playing in that range of 150 and less, I want to see a good, strong double digit cap rate. So that's just my, that, you know, that's my personal delineator, but everyone's got to have that for themselves. So they know when they see a property, oh, that's a good one. Cause that's a, that's a 12 cap or, you know, or whatever it is. Right. I think a lot of people don't know that. So that's a big piece of it is yeah. just being able to quickly evaluate what your return on investment is. That's right, man. So yeah. you're in, in your world, basically a strong cap rate would be considered what you mentioned yeah. double digit, but what would you consider to be I mean, really strong. I mean, some of my deals are, are kind of ridiculous. We do some pretty amazing stuff, especially up in Michigan and Ohio and stuff. I mean, I've got some stuff that's like, you know, 18, 19% cap mm. rates. Wow, I've got man. some, I've got some owner finance deals that I kind of look at like rentals almost in Michigan that are 24, 25% cap rates. But, but I would say a healthy cap rate. I mean, one where it's like, Hey, I'm going to buy this and, and, and at least get this cap rate for the next, you know, five, 10 years or however long I'm going to hold it. Um, you know, I think a you know a twelve percent cap rate is is a killer cap rate. I mean, that's a great rental cap rate. Um, but really, anything double digits, double digits yeah. and up, um, because Absolutely. there's a lot of markets that are ascending right now, and so it's harder to find that stuff. Um, but I was spoiled by the uh, you know foreclosure crisis, and and maybe I'll be spoiled again by the pandemic foreclosures. You know, mm -hmm. who knows? But but I I would love to buy more stuff in that fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollar range that that makes a good, strong 12, 13% cap rate. So I love that kind of stuff. Again, different kinds of properties. I have friends that invest in multi-million dollar single family homes, completely yeah. different process there. You know, they, they break even for five years and then sell for, you know, twice what they paid for it. So it's just a different, it's a different model. So, but that, that's a piece of it. You have to know what you're looking for. And that would be, you know, definitely one of the first steps, right? So identifying the market, knowing your numbers, knowing, knowing what a real deal is, and then I would say, you know, for me, I do a lot of virtual investing like you do, right? I don't see a lot of the properties I do a lot of the time. So I, um, you know, I rely a lot on a team. So having the right team on the ground is huge. I like to work with people that bring something strategic, you know, to the business. So, 
you know, in uh, one of the markets I work in in Michigan, I'm picking up a lot of properties where there's a lot of demand for owner finance. There's a lot of owner finance uh, buyers, people that want to buy from me as an owner after I've bought the property. And so I aligned with a with a uh, you know company up there um, and basically partnered with them. And all they do all day is qualify people for deals like that. People that are just underneath the conventional bank lending threshold, but still have you know, decent enough credit and have good income that would fit into a seller finance kind of deal like that. Um, so strategically aligning with them, there's a whole piece of my business, the whole lead gen part of that business. I don't have to think about, I just have to find the deals and make the numbers work and they supply me with the people. So, so having realtors, having, you know, um, anybody that supplies something strategic that takes it off your plate, um, and they and they're better at it than you would ever be. That's huge for me. So, you know, realtors are gigantic. Title companies are gigantic. Um, people that can generate leads or bring sellers or buyers are, are huge in whatever way it is. So I partner with people, make a make a team in that local market built for that specific thing that I'm doing. So whatever you're doing, you got to have the right people. Even if you're going to do a lot of it yourself, even if you're really hands on you still got to have some strategic partners in there. So that, that would be the other piece. And then of course, you know, you get to, to property management. If you're going to own rental property and you're not going to manage it yourself, then you've got to go through the process of finding a good uh, property manager. And you know, the way that I always recommend do that, and I know you've probably done something similar in different markets you work in is I just interview, I get referrals from other investors for starters. So other people that are doing deals like I'm doing, if I know them in that market, I say, hey, who's the who's a good property manager here who really understands, you know, our kind of rental properties. I get warm referrals from a number of investors and then I interview the top three. And then out of those three, I choose one, you know, and that's kind of my method. That's really my method, my method for anybody, you know, but especially for property managers. I want warm referrals from people that have used them and like them. I want to interview three of them and then I want to choose what I think is the best one. And so that's that's huge, you know, because you could have the greatest property that you bought at the best price and you do everything just right and you rent it out. Um, and, and but somebody else botches the property management or they put bad tenants in or they don't know what they're doing or you do that yourself and you don't know what you're doing. Like I was when I started my business, just putting any tenant in and then having to kick people out three months later and stuff like that. Um, that's the part that's going to really hurt you on the back end if you've done everything else right to that point but have a bad property management component, it's going to hurt. So that that's a big piece of it. But it all comes full circle, man. Like you said, have, you know, uh, we spoke about it before having that team, having the right pieces in place, having the right people uh, in place is what's going to allow you to run that smooth business. But ultimately having that passive income is how you're going <clears> to <throat> be able to change the game for yourself, man. Great, yeah. great call, man. I, I really, really thoroughly enjoyed this information. We got to have you back. Uh, for another call. Uh, ultimately, maybe we could change the topic. There's a lot of things Matt can talk about, guys. Trust me. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of fun stuff you and I can get into, man. I mean, we can talk about, yeah, we can talk, obviously, wholesaling. We can talk rehabbing, yeah. buy and hold. We can talk lease options. We can talk owner finance. We touched on that a little bit. That's that's a lot of fun stuff. Yeah. We can talk about the foreclosure market that that could be coming and and the, uh, you know, the the bad, but also the the good that that can bring with it for us investors and ability to help people. Um, 
And that's just the tip of the iceberg, dude. You and I could go all day here. All day long, man. <laughs> I'm telling you. So listen, if you guys want to have another episode with Matt, let me know in the comment section, uh, you know, what, what is it that you guys want to talk about? Trust me, Matt can talk about anything. But listen, guys, um, it has been a real pleasure having you guys listen in. Uh, before we go, Matt, do you have any last words for our listeners? Yeah, yeah. So I'll say one thing, you know, no matter what, side of the business you're in, whether you're wholesaling, rehabbing, whether you're, you know, in, on the lending side or, or whatever side of the real estate investing business you're in, um, who you listen to, uh, who you learn from, who you follow is extremely important for any business, right? But especially in real estate investing. So uh, number one, I just want to say um, you guys, and I'm speaking to all of you that are listening and, and uh, participating right now, you guys are following the right dude. Jamel Gibbs is the real deal. And I don't want to embarrass him, but I just want to say he, he is, he practices what he preaches. I've, uh, you know, been proud to work with him in many ways over many years. And he has been one of those guys where you don't even like think about it with Jamel. You know, he's just going to do the right thing every time and he's going to do it the right way. And I know he's teaching you the right way to do it. So uh, who you listen to and who you invest time with is so important. And I just want to let you guys know that you guys are listening to the right dude. So that that's that's one thing. And then the second thing I want to say is, um, you know, if you're listening to this, you either are or are becoming an entrepreneur in some way. Right. And entrepreneurs, I just want to just put this out there because this is the message that's really been in my head lately. Entrepreneurs responsible, empowered uh, entrepreneurs who are focused on really helping people and providing a service or, or just making their industry or their world or their people better. Uh, that's the answer to making and solving the problems of our country, right? It's not politicians. It's not talking heads. It's not people arguing with each other. It's entrepreneurs that provide opportunities for other people. And those are the people that will solve the problems. People like Jamel, People like me, people like you are the answer to providing opportunity to helping each other and to making our world better. So congratulations on being an entrepreneur. It's up to us. Let's do this together. Man, I couldn't have said it better myself. And I appreciate those kind words as well, man. Now, how can our listeners get in contact with you if they wanted more information? Yeah, absolutely. You guys can find me a couple different places. Um, I, if you're friends of Jamel's, you're friends of mine. So find me on Facebook, just type in Matt Andrews and you'll see pictures of me and my family. Probably you can just friend me on Facebook and I'd love to hear from you guys. Shoot me a message. Let me know you're, you know, you heard me on the show. Love that. And then you can go to one of my websites, which is reicollective.com. That's reicollective.com. And I've got some cool stuff there. So you can see some, some real estate related things there, but, uh, but I would love it if you just came to uh, my personal Facebook profile and, 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 uh, requested my friendship there. Let me know you, your friend of Jamel's and, uh, then we can be Facebook friends. That'd be the best thing. Awesome, man. And one last thing, I know you're an avid book reader, man. Yeah. What are you reading right now? Oh man, I'll show you right now. You got to get this. And I know you've heard of this guy. Everybody's heard of this. Everybody's heard of this guy, but John Maxwell, right? Yep. Yeah. He just came out with these, these little books. They're like a hundred pages long. Right. And I'm just like, I'm just moving through. I'm tearing through these books. Um, but this one is, is, is the best one. And it's called How Successful People Think by John Maxwell. How Successful People Think. Is it on and, Audible? 
It's on. Yep. It's on audible. Yep. And in fact, I want to get the audio version too, but I, I read every morning and that's what, this is what I've been spending my time reading in the morning, but let me read you one quote. Cause you'll, you'll totally dig this and you and you might've even heard me say this cause I've been saying this a lot. Um, the right thought plus the right people in the right environment at the right time for the right reason equals the right result. Right. So it's all about getting the right people together for the right reason at the right time. And that's what you're doing, Jamel. Right. That's what you're doing with this podcast, with your students, with the communities that you build. You're putting the right people in the room that are working on the right things for the right reasons. And so uh, you guys listening, you're going to get the right results because you're with the right people. You're with the right you're, you're at the right time because the right time is now, right? That's always the right time. That's now. And it's the right environment. So that's a book I've been reading. I highly recommend picking it on, on Amazon. The physical hardcover is uh, like six bucks right now. So, so like I bought like five of them and gave them to some friends, you know, I was like, man, this is awesome. It's like cheaper than a uh, Hallmark card, you know? Yeah, man. If you guys aren't fired up after this, I don't know what you're <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Go back and listen to this podcast again. It has been a fantastic uh, amount of time that we've spent with Matt Andrews. Go ahead and check out reicollective.com as well. I'm going to link that book from John Maxwell in the description box. And listen, guys, all of Matt's information will be down there as well. Reach out to him. Definitely an awesome guy. Uh, one of the best guys that I know. And he does a little bit of everything. And he's extremely bald as well. That's even, right. Even, he, he even rocks the baldy the right way. That's right. Super aerodynamic, <laughs> super shiny. That's right, buddy. That's right, Thanks for man. having me, dude. It's been a pleasure and love to you and your family. And thank you so much for having me. I'll come back anytime, brother. I appreciate you, man. And listen, guys, like this video if you're on YouTube. Subscribe to this channel. Reach out to, uh, to Matt Andrews. And we'll talk to you guys on the next one. Take care. Check out my website at reieducationacademy.com. To make it easy, you can just simply go to jamelgibbs.com or check out my YouTube page at youtube.com forward slash jamelgibbs. I'm all over the web, whether it be on Facebook slash the Jamel Gibbs or on Instagram at Jamel Gibbs. I'm on LinkedIn as well. I'm on TikTok. I'm on Snapchat. Check out all of these platforms for daily content, weekly content, more content from Jamel Gibbs. But if you want to get more in depth, go to reieducationacademy.com. And that's how you can find out more about my training material and how you can get started investing in real estate today. Talk to you later.